Hey, Sasshole listener, welcome to episode three. We have heard from everyone's feedback that we need to hone in on Pete's specialty. So today's show is about creating an inside sales team. It's such a hot topic that we've had hundreds of Sasshole listeners wanting to come on the podcast and discuss. But since we have the ultimate Sasshole and the person who is probably, I mean, Pete, how many people have you, say, you've trained in terms of inside sales in your lifetime? Oh, my God, trained. We're talking in the thousands. I think the biggest yeah. head count, biggest head count we had at Career Boulder was I think six hundred and fifty. And you trained all of them. Trained them all. And then out of that six hundred and fifty, um, most of them were at like LinkedIn, Salesforce. I mean, they're all still in the sales. Oh, they're out there. Uh, they're, they're making money. They're they're, they're producers. Yeah. They're they're LinkedIn. They're Upwork. They're indeed all, all over the place. Yeah, which is great. I mean, you see a great accomplishment when, when these salespeople that you started off with are still within the industry and still making money and, and becomes, you know, very successful sales leaders. Well, it starts with good people, right? I mean, hopefully you got good human resources. And if you don't, then you're really going to have to vet out the people that come in. Because if you're bringing somebody in that isn't internally motivated, that doesn't want to, you know, yeah. improve their life, it's going to be hard for them to deal with all the negatives that, that come up with it in sales. Yeah, especially especially now, everybody's inside sales, right, with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, before we get into the topic, I think we need to, first of all, welcome everyone who hasn't listened to the first couple episodes to Sassholes. It's a show where Pete Jansons and myself, Jamie Carney, talk about all topics pertaining to our combined 60 years of experience, primarily in the cloud software industry, a.k.a. SaaS. Software. software as a service. My name is Jamie Kearney, your co-host and resident sasshole with a wealth of experience in data analytics, product, integration, technical integration, finance, and technology. I've also dealt with interactive marketing, and I've started off an inside sales team, often asking for help and guidance from the other co-host, Pete Jansons. Pete, um, do you want to give a little background on yourself as well? Quick summary. Other, other than tw- 20 years of finding people that want to have a better life and showing them how to sell and, let, and letting them fly. All right. So before we get into, you know, the inside sales topic for today, um, I thought we'd go into our segment of leader you should know. Pete, uh, who do you want to give yeah. a shout out to today? I want to give a shout out to one of the best leaders uh, I've recently worked with, Jen Mall. She's uh, she's most recently at LinkedIn, and unfortunately, she was part of the 960 uh, let go this past week. And uh, yeah, but I mean, whoever whoever picks her up is going to uh, get a good one. Always been a producer. She's a master at starting from zero, giving a, a, a target to hit and exceeding it. So I highly highly recommend. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's a shame. You know. Um... LinkedIn laying off, what, 6% of its uh, force, like overnight, yeah. 960 people, impact a, a handful of people we knew in, in Chicago. So, you know, there's been a lot of um, posts about it on LinkedIn, um, about how it, it's sort of changing the world of LinkedIn.com. So we'll see what happens and where they go from here. Before we get into our next segment, um, I do think we need to clean up some business from a word from our sponsor. Is that okay, Pete? Oh, let's go. All right, Neuro Noodle. Get a doodle of your noodle today at NeuroNoodle. If you suffer from ADHD, anxiety, concussion protocol, and many other mental health issues, you should consider a treatment like neurofeedback. 
mental health is a huge focus with COVID, especially with the children who may not be able to grasp this virus concept. I can attest, has worked wonders, especially with my eight-year-old daughter who has struggled understanding what's going on in the world and is smart enough that you can't make up something like the virus fairy, similar to the tooth fairy, has taken away this virus. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy today. Uh, we're actually uh, in the process of potentially homeschooling a handful of our kids just because we want to keep as much normalcy and control in our life. And, and NeuroNoodle can help us with that. And errors like good today... People over, yeah. Good people over at NeuroNoodle love them. In, in areas like today, mental health has to be a priority. Try neurofeedback by visiting neuronoodle.com. Yeah, great people. Um, another segment we'd like to bring up today is sales reps, you should know. So, Pete, since you've trained or hired thousands of sales reps, in, primarily in the Chicagoland area. Absolutely. Uh, sales rep you want to give a shout-out to? Well, the rep you should know, none other than Reed Smith, he came in uh, off the street. Uh, I think he was a, a server at a restaurant, said he wanted a better life, and sure enough, came in, knocked it out of the park with, with, with our group. And most recently, he's killing it in new business over at CapEx. Uh, so, Reed Smith, shout out to you. Love your feedback. Keep, keep rocking out there. Say, yeah. say, say hi to Longley out there. She's out there. All right. And then that's great. Yeah. Say hey, Reed. Um, Hope you're enjoying the show today. And then if they're enjoying our show, Mr. Carney, I think uh, if people could go on to uh, iTunes and uh, look up our, our podcast, even if you're not using that particular uh, uh, base to uh, listen to us, put a nice little review out there. It really helps the algorithm to uh, pick up our user yeah. base. And subscribe if you can, because then you get first dibs on the show once it's uh, populated inside iTunes. That's right. All right, so um, you talk, we talked about LinkedIn, LinkedIn laying off 960 people. Um, you know, anything we want to talk about in the recruitment industry, I, for one, you know, coming from the recruitment industry and, and spending a lot of time there, I'm really glad I'm no longer in that industry as that economy was wrecked basically overnight by COVID. A lot of these uh, companies that are in the recruitment industry, and LinkedIn sort of toes the line between sales and recruitment industry, but, you know, ZipRecruiter and, and Indeed, you know, they're laying off 40, 50, 60 percent of their labor force. It's kind of crazy. I'm so glad that, you know, I'm not in that industry right now. And I, I hope it recovers quickly. I know the, uh, the uh, you know, unemployment line is, is, is moving in the right direction. Hopefully it stays that way. Um, Pete, what do you want to talk about? Anything inside the recruitment industry that you're... No, I mean, you know, the opportunity out there is there. It's just not as big as it once was, right? Yeah. So it means, you know, resizing your, your sales force to the opportunity that's out there, right? And unfortunately, you know, that's, that's, that's where we're at with COVID. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think you were mentioning, you know, Glassdoor and, and Indeed and how they're combining into one platform, which is what I thought they would do when, when Indeed uh, effectively purchased Glassdoor. How many years ago? Like five years ago. And it seemed like they kept them yeah. in separate instances. Makes sense now, you know, combine those two um, because of the great content uh, content that Glassdoor provides really will help uh, bolster Indeed and, and really simplify an, uh, a cost structure that probably can't maintain under two entities. Well, there's only so many reviews you can do and you only need, only need one site for it and which is the bigger brand, it's Indeed. And unfortunately, you know, Glassdoor is going to have to 
to, to uh, fade away. But I mean, you know, had, had a heck of a run, heck of a valuation, had a bigger valuation than career builder. It's crazy. That, that was that's just, yeah. From what, when they first started calling in um, and, and talking to Paul Forrester about what they were trying to do to then where they grew is, is amazing. It would be. Um, well, well, unfortunately, we, we gave them all the help they needed yeah, to grow. We, did. <laughs> we funded their growth. <laughs> so did every job board out there. Just right, 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 right. But it is what it is. Right. Um, uh, blindsight, uh, you know, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Absolutely. So, all right. So um, back to the main topic, creating an inside sales team. Um, you know, this is, and, and Pete's going to say, hey, this is what it is right now. Everyone's inside sales because you can't meet people in person. You can't really break those relationships down, which is, you know, I think in the previous um, podcast, we talked about how pipeline creation has just become, especially for enterprise sales, you know, has become very difficult. But I, we're talking about inside sales. And, and so even though everyone's inside sales, let's imagine a world where COVID didn't exist. And try to chat about that as much as we can. We'll, we'll introduce COVID uh, impact, but I don't think we really know what the new norm is going to be until we get through this. So um, I think the biggest and most obvious thing that we need to do when setting up an inside sales team is to focus on goals. What types of goals should you have, Pete? Um, is it all about quota or do you want to gauge on a potential successful future rep on other attributes as well? Like calls and things. Well, like that. well, like we talked about earlier, I mean, you, you have to start with somebody that wants to get better, right? And if you don't have that, you you can do all the training in the world, and you're you're still not going to hit your number. So, I mean, it really comes down to to the recruiting. It comes down to the you know the background checks. It's, it comes down to you know what is this person's why? The letter Y, right? Why do they need this job? Well. I'm a single parent. I have to provide for my kid. I mean, that's a pretty sound reason because, you know, when they look at that phone or they look at their laptop and they have to make a contact to somebody, they should be seeing their kid hungry. They should be seeing, hey, I want a new car or I want my own house or I want to get out of the city and live in this. They have to see they have to have a vision of why they're doing what they want to do. So it starts with the recruiting people that are internally motivated. That's the hard part. Once you bring good people on board, the rest is, is pretty easy. So to answer your question is bring on good people. Bring on good people. Yeah, I agree. But you're always going to get tricked, right? An interview um, is also a sales pitch from them. So they're selling you on something, maybe even not in a skill set that they want. You know, I think our, Former leader used to say you get paid in this world for two reasons, uh, doing something uh, no one can or doing something uh, no one wants to do. And, exactly. you know, he used to say Shaquille O'Neal, not everyone can be, what is he, seven foot one and, and at that time could dribble the ball like a, a somewhat of a point guard and run the fast break. Right. Not everyone could be Shaquille O'Neal. That sort of dates when he would say this analogy because Shaquille O'Neal was with the Lakers at that time, as I recall. But then uh, sales, no one wants 95% of the time saying no, getting hurt no from the client. So I think even when a person goes in with great intentions, I think we really need to focus in on the goals, like what type of goals and how are we going to measure success with somebody? Because even in a good industry, what would you say, or a good, good hiring skew, what would you say the turnover is going to be in the first six months to a year? Oh, you're, shoot, D depending on what the, the target they got to hit, I mean, 50-50, I mean, you're yeah. throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. 
I mean, the trick is how long are you going to de- when you've made a bad hire, how long is it going to take you to remove that person? How long are you going to give them to let them show you that they, they, they can do the job and they want to do the job. Right. Cause you, yeah. You know. so I, think, I think, I think here's the question I got for you results or effort or is it both? I think in, in early going, I mean, you have somebody that is highly motivated, but they don't have a lot of skill. And the problem that you run into with sales is, you know, when you're hungry, you want food and you'll do what it takes to go hunt and get that food. Then once you're satisfied, you're not as motivated and you have skill on how you got that food. If you're not as hungry as you are from day one, then day 365, that's where you run into problems. So that's where, you know, you're talking about goals. It's, you know, there, there's a hierarchy of needs, right? You're, you're hungry, you need food. Okay, you got food, you want shelter. If you don't have a leader that's working with you to help you build up uh, on those goals, because if all you want is a cheeseburger every day, there's only so much you're going to be selling every day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, uh, it's having the goals and having somebody to check on those goals, to give feedback. You know, I recommend, you know, getting together at least once a week to say, hey, this is your goal from last week. Did you meet it? You know, yes or no. If you didn't, why didn't you? And what can I do as a leader to remove the obstacle to help you out? So it's really trying to hold them accountable on their own internal goals. As long as those internal goals, like, hey, I, I know I didn't hit my quota, but today or this week, I just want to get, you know, 10 appointments made. And then they should, well, they should know the ratio of how many calls they need to make to get 10 appointments made. And if they don't hold up to the 10, then that's a lack of follow-through on them, right? Well, I mean, the ratio, if somebody's been there for a year, it's not going to be the same ratio as somebody yeah. came in in week one, right? So it's, you know, it's, it all starts down with, with the basic activity is starting a contact, right? Whether it's an email, phone call, text, you know, whatever it is. And over time, there's a certain amount of that effort that you got to do that will turn into a sale. Yeah. So the trick is to know what those numbers are and recording that, right? So if you're, if you're going to hold somebody accountable and you're just doing it on an Excel sheet, that better, better be a darn good Excel sheet. And, you know, I, I would strongly recommend looking at something like Salesforce. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone uses Salesforce nowadays. <laughs> right. I mean, what a... What an amazing business that is. Um, and, and, you know, one thing to think about, though, when you're starting up an inside sales team is all the expense really, I mean, I think most of the expense comes in the first six months in terms of training and things of that nature. So if 50, 50% of them don't make it through the first six months, you know, you've got to factor that into consideration, right? I mean, it, it, aren't you the one who always says you want to hire in pairs because one's going to live, um, one's going to quit? So. Right. When you're bringing them in, you always at least want to bring in two, not one, because um, you've got to assume 50% attrition. Um, That's right. You, you, you need to have a couple so you have something to fall back on. And let's just say both of them quit. Well, where'd all that data and effort go? Yeah. If you don't have it recorded somewhere, it's you know, lost forever. Yeah. You know, and I think even, even more basic is, like, why do you need to add on a body? Like, why do you need a salesperson on? Is it because the marketing that you're doing isn't bringing enough response to pay for it, right? Yeah. Because you're assuming that this the sales rep that you're bringing on is going to be more efficient than advertising. And e-com. And that, that, and e-commerce. Right. 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 And then you, 
Well, yeah, that, that's the next thing is your, your website, right? Your website's only bringing in an X amount of dollars, and you're assuming that you're going to bring on the sales rep is going to be more efficient than your than your website, right? Yeah, and I think I think some of this is right. I think what you, you sort of hinted at is some of the expense that you're putting on an inside sales team is really marketing um, because they're doing an outreach, whereas no matter what you do from an interactive marketing standpoint, that interactive marketing, for the most part, unless you're doing branding and commercials, is, is reactive. And proactive marketing can be seen as either commercials, in-your-face you know, type of stuff, or, or inside sales reps. Um, but I think one of the things that go to cost, Pete, and I think this is something that you really need to hone in on, we, you want to minimize cost when it comes to uh, training. Um, and one of the things I know that you implemented uh, was a chat bot. And I thought that was a great idea because there's so many questions that are being asked of your manager and leader yeah, yeah. And, and just everyone in the organization that that is routine and not really helping them sell, but helping them process in order or just the fundamental sort of paperwork that is needed at a certain company. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to span of control. It's, you know, how many people can one person work with, right? And it, it, let's just say you have a whole bunch of new people. You can have all the training manuals in the world. They're not going to memorize it, and they're going to turn around and ask you the same question over and over and over. And then that new person that comes on board is going to ask you the same question over and over and over. If you can have something that can get rid of those reoccurring small-value questions – that are big value to the person asking them with a chat bot. Um, instead of them turning around, they can go and have a you know quick in information session with, with the bot to handle that. And that frees up you or your manager, your leader to deal with higher priority issues like trying to close somebody for a multi-million dollar deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So so my favorite uh IBM, IBM Watson Assistant is really, really good. I've I've worked with that for for a couple of years now, and it is really uh, cost effective, but it's, you know, it, it takes a while to learn. So if somebody's going to try to put a chatbot out there, that's the one I would recommend. Yeah, I think it's great. Just capturing all that data. It's, 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 a, it's amazing what you can see and the trends you can see and help, help streamline. Well, the trends, I mean, if you can see the questions that keep coming up, that should point you towards the direction of what you should be doing training on, right? Yes. Right. So if, you know, it really helps when you have hundreds of people and you can see, oh, wow, we're missing the boat. We did a training a week ago and the same questions keep coming up. Could it be the training wasn't good? Or if you have a trainer, the trainer isn't communicating correctly. Um, you know, the chatbot results can really uh, let you know where your weak spots are. Yeah, I think that's great. I think another thing we need to focus in on on an inside sales team, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel you've got a little bit of the training. You got to do some of the training, like how to sell. They earn the right and things of that nature. But, and, and that is extremely important. And ever that's, I don't think we need to talk about that. I think everyone knows when you're starting and training people and salespeople, it is really a teaching seminar. But I think the most important weapon in that are their first line managers. Um, obviously when it's small and it's you, um, that's right. easy. But when you get big and you, you have 650 inside sales guys, you're going to need a lot of managers. Usually, you know, the ratio of what is a, depending on what you're selling, you know, 10 to 14 max uh, to every uh, leader. And I think that's, that's kind of stretching it. But those managers are going to be your first, you know, the trainers. They're going to teach you the way. So how, what do you look for in a manager, I guess? 
Well, it's the same thing as the rep. You know, were they a good rep? Because not all the best reps can be be a manager, right? Yeah. You want to see somebody that can influence, right? Is somebody going to look up to this person? Because remember, you know, a leader, the qualities you look for is, hey, man, can they transfer their skills to this person? Can they develop that person, right? Can they keep yeah. productive headcount where they're not just keeping their friends on board, right? Now, those are the things that you're looking for because what a leader is supposed to do is remove the obstacle or obstacles of what's holding that sales rep from the goal they want to accomplish. Because remember, you know, you're talking to the rep. It's not about the target. The quota they got to hit is what's in it for you, okay? what they What's in it for them is they want to move out of their parents' basement. They want a car. They want, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's the connection. It starts with recruiting, and then it starts with the first-line manager. Why is this person here? Why do they need the money? What do they want to trade the money for in their life? If you don't know what that is, uh, then then the leader can't lead, right? Because remember, a leader with nobody following him is just a guy out for a walk. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, so leaders are probably your most important hire outside of the reps, um, and they're usually you take them from a rep position because you show them a little bit of a, a you know a career path. Uh, one question I got, I know from the audience members, is how scripted do you think the inside sales reps should be? You know, uh, do they? You know, do they that's, when they fall off script. Oh, geez, you, you will. You we'll get a lot of debate on this one. All I can say is, for all the people that say, "Why would I want to use a script?" Okay, what's the last show you watched on Netflix? Right, whatever it was. Let's just say it's the Ozarks. Okay, you know what? How did they know what to say? Okay, how, why did you believe that their their character, right? Did they just ad lib or they knew what they were going to say? Okay, remember a script. The number one value is that you keep saying the same things over and over and over and over. You should get the same responses over and over and over. And if the responses are objections, you keep hearing them. And you know how to reply to them. If you know how to reply to them then you're confident. If you're confident, the person on the other end of the phone can hear it and they believe you. Right. Because yeah. if you don't, if you don't use a script, you're giving up control of the conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't think, in my opinion, I think at first you almost want them to follow the script to a T while they're just cutting their teeth. I think after they get some skill, you allow them to, most of them are going to do it themselves. They're going to fall off the script because they're going to get their own. No, no the problem with the script is they pull up a piece of paper and they read off of the piece of paper. Yeah. They don't memorize it and make it their own, okay? It doesn't mean you use every single word, but you're pretty close to it, right? You you rehearse it. You leave a message for yourself with your your talking points. What do you sound like? You know, it's like you're an actor and you don't rehearse, Mm -hmm. right? And when you start reading, I would like to sell you some, click, yeah. Right. That's that's the problem with the script. If you don't and, rehearse. And nowadays, there's so much communication on email, and and you know anyone who tries to LinkedIn message me, and inside that LinkedIn message, I don't know who you are, and you're trying to sell me. It's very difficult. It, you know, guys, it comes off very uh, almost scripted and mass email like. Uh, I get so many mass email sales. I I'm at the point where if you uh, call. I pick up. I respect that call more than I respect the email because the email uh, such a little effort where a call to me is something that um, I need to respect more and I'll let them listen and, and give them their 30 second elevator pitch because we're not getting any dang with that stuff. 
like we used to in the past. Um, right. so I think that's a, 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 I think it's a much better, I think, I think we're moving back to that cold calling. It'd be better than emailing type of uh, environment, especially when you're well, I, I, I think what you have to get to is that I'm going to, I'm going to give a little shout out to Justin Roth Marsh. Uh, he has a book out there called the machine and it talks about special specialization of labor. Okay. If you can have somebody just focus on one thing, just, you know, just think uh, production lines, right? They should be better at it. That's why you have hunters and farmers, right? That's why you have marketing. The book, The Machine, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. And you know what? I think I'm going to reach out to Justin. He's a great, great guy. I've had him come in uh, uh, to, to talk to him uh, a couple times. I think we should get him on, on the podcast. Yeah, let's get him on the podcast. So I, I would recommend that book out there for somebody who wants to set, uh, set up a a sales team to at least give you a blueprint of what it should look like. Now it's more for, uh, let's say a medium sized company than it is a small, but the, the concepts are great. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things that I think we need to talk about before we end the show is shelf life promoting, you know, I think inside sales reps, you can't do it forever. Um, especially the, in, when I'm talking inside sales reps, I'm really talking about entry level inside sales reps. What is, you know, your thoughts on, on promoting. If, if, if you're at a company that does have a clear uh, um, career path, I think it's easy. You just sort of say, hey, we're after about a year and a half, two years, we're going to either move them up or move them out, uh, meaning that they're going to probably find a job somewhere else. But in a company where you don't really have, uh, you know, that next level, like you're a startup and you're just doing inside sales, when, when, when do you think you should move them to more of an outside type of a sales mentality? Assuming once again, COVID did not exist and you're able to travel again. Well, I mean, you know, people are, are worried that, oh, I'm training these people and I'm promoting them and they're leaving the company. If there's no opportunity at the company currently, then they need to go to another company where there is opportunity. Because the minute that you start holding people back, they will sniff that out. They won't trust you. They won't believe in what you're t telling them. You know, th their goal is to make money. Well, if it's not going to happen at this company, right, they've maxed out their comp plan for those for the companies that have bad comp plans. Yeah. They can't make any more money. Then they should go to another company. And I have, I've had no problem over the years referring, you know, hundreds of reps to different companies, you know, outside of the current one that I was in. Because you know what? That gives, you, that gives good vibes. That's like, hey – you give them, you give somebody an education. That is the number one path to loyalty to get with somebody. And if they say, see people moving up in the current company or that they can move out to another company that keeps the current staff motivated because they see a way out because there's only so long you can do the repetitive work at entry level sales. Yeah. And I also, I agree with what you said there, loyalty. I, I think it's hard. A lot of these kids coming out of college and, or like less experienced people try to be loyal to the company. Um, you got to be loyal to the people, and 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 you as a leader, your first uh, your first goal is to be loyal to those people. And if that means finding them a job at a different company, then then so it uh, so it so it is because um, the company is going to make business decisions. That's just how it's made. It's it, you know it's 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 it, it, it's it's going to make a business decision, and it cannot be loyal to the people that's working there because if the economy goes down twenty percent. They're going to have to lay people off. And, and I know that there are people in charge of the company, the CEO and so on. They don't want to lay people off. So, But at the same time, the company, that's what it's made to. It's made to make a profit. 
So you're always going to be loyal to the people. And I think finding them a job outside is going to help because if you keep them there, they're just going to get bitter and they're actually going to take, they're going to, they're going to cause more problems in the end. Um, yeah. no, no breath is better than bad breath. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple other things you want to bring out. I mean, I know you used to run these daily stand-ups um, and dial contests and things like that. What do you want to talk about there? And, oh, and what geez, the how, much, how, much, how, how much time? We, we don't have much. I think we got about five more minutes. Okay, so. I think that's a whole nother, uh, a whole nother segment to do just okay. on motivation. But here, be careful when you do contests. Okay, if you do, if you keep repeating contests. Reps expect it, and they expect it to be part of their compensation plan. There, there, there's a time and a place, and yes. we'll, we'll expound on it later. But um, you know, be 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 careful of that because once you take the carrot away, here for contests, I think they're really good when you're starting out a sales team yeah. to do a contest with a hell of a prize, so you can see what the team is capable of doing when they're sufficiently motivated. And then when the team, once you get the results back, you're like, holy crap, look at these numbers that came in, take two thirds of that and make that their daily quota of work that they have to do. Right. I just say, Oh man. Right. So that's what, that's how I would use contests. Now we got five minutes left. uh, Mr. Carney, you know, we, we do have a joke of a day here. Oh yeah. I forgot the joke of the day. My apologies. I'm going to put on a laugh track because your jokes are so great. We need to have a laugh. Okay. Go ahead. Well, it's just a quick one. You know, do you know why uh, ants don't get COVID? Why? They have tiny antibodies. See what I did oh, there? Oh, Pete, yeah. I'm glad you didn't take this as your profession. No, that's all right. It's good enough. All right. So I think, um, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. I think that's a good point is on the, uh, on, on the dial contest and, and just contests in general. I mean, you've got some doozies in the past. I've seen videos of, of uh, uh, shopping sprees at a dollar store that were absolutely hysterical to watch. So I think we could maybe uh, do a whole show just on different dial contests and different types of sales contests and how do you incorporate that into a comp plan. And maybe that's for a future one. Well, hopefully you have competitive people and that comes down to the recruiting, bringing people, you know, past athletes and whatnot. Anybody that wants to get better competitive wants to be number one. That helps. So I think uh, for being our third episode, uh, we're going to try to get some guests on here uh, over the next couple of weeks. But I think for our third episode, this was a success. I, I hope the audio and, and Wi-Fi didn't cap out at all, uh, crap out at all. Um, Pete, any last words? I think this is the less worst podcast we've done so far. Yeah. Now we're, we're going to cue the music again, right, Pete? You want to cue it? Bow, wow, 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 wow.